Hey everybody, this is Knives Monroe, and thank you for listening. This is an episode that I recorded with my partner, my spouse, my wife, my girlfriend, Claire Monroe, who's officially been on the show more than anybody, and that's awesome. So we had a lot to say, and I definitely had a lot to say, and I'd like to think that we made some progress here. And by that I mean... You know, she's been there with me through thick and thin, through all my bullshit, and she's tolerated me when I'm in the thick of it, and she's always helped me and pushed me and taken me where we both know we need to go. We talk about a variety of topics of which I will say, if you make it towards the end of this, if you finish this, let me know because I think that means that we're doing something right and gosh you know maybe maybe (laughs) maybe we don't make podcasts that go on for for two and a half hours but you know let's be honest I fucking love them I love them I love those long ass podcasts when I saw that PTA and Mark Marin went on for two hours I was like I am in when I see that Joe Rogan's got a three-and-a-half-hour podcast with Ari Shafir, I'm like, I am in. I'm not saying I can lace any one of those guys' boots, but this is this deserved the time that we gave it, and uh, it was incredible. Claire is one of the few people where I can be truly exposed with, and the person that you're going to hear uh, is someone that I think you can tell is still transitioning and in some pain, but I, I think they're, they're growth pains. And so trigger warning to people who are on the fence, to people who are on the spectrum, people who are neurodiverse, people who are struggling with mental health issues, this is a trigger warning. This may not be a fun listen, but we also talk about some fun things, we talk about movies for a chunk of it, so... This was a great one. I want to take this opportunity to say subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already on YouTube. We got a playlist. It's Knives Monroe on all the things on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. It's Knives Monroe versus the podcast. Give me a five-star rating. I don't want anything else. I'm just kidding. But your thoughts are greatly appreciated. Leave me a comment. A one-word comment goes a long way for me. I just want to know that that y'all are there and I'm going all the fuck in on this podcast on this show in 2020 I'm going all in I have crazy insane goals to do this daily or at least Monday through Friday Um, and I cannot wait I'm going to record an episode later today talking about the mission statement and the new structure of the show and what we're going to do and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. I love you guys so much. Support the podcast. Support the show. If you're interested on in being on the podcast, DM me, tweet me, text me, email me, Knives Monroe on all the things. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. There's something that is going on with me where I'm don't know what it is and I don't know when it happened I don't know what's going on where I 
feel like shit all the time. I feel like shit all the time. And with enough caffeine in my system, I'm like, you're not a piece of shit. It's okay. With with enough caffeine to be like, let's go for a walk. Like, you know, I feel good about myself. And then somebody or something will say something. And then I'm like, you see, Knives, you are a piece of shit. You see, Knives, you are a bad dad promise breaker because you went out and you filmed something and you got out of the house for the first time in a month and a half. You piece of shit. On the day you're supposed to watch a movie with your family, you filth, you pig. That sounds like an internal thing. Well, obviously it's an internal thing. I don't know what reality is because like my reality is things are my reality is there's there's fires going on all around me. I never even like these thoughts I, I used to they were like, a, you know, and it's funny because I tell you some of my my bad dreams sometimes and I'm like, I have bad dreams that like I'm I'm drowning somebody in a very shallow like at a beach, like on the shore. And so I'm drowning somebody, but then, you know, the waves kind of subside. But then another wave comes in and I can really drown somebody. But the, but the person I'm trying to kill never dies. And, and, and that's like my depression, for a lack of a better word, where I have killed it or thought I killed it and it comes back. And so it's never really gone. It's never, I can never, I'm just getting anxiety just talking about this. Like I can never, I never, it's never, I, I can't catch it and trap it and, and kill it and say, okay, so, so stay there in this little cage. Like it, instead it like wraps me up like a spider in a cocoon and feasts off of me. Uh, spiraling, but then, it, and, and then it just paralyzes me and, and consumes me, drinks my blood. I mean, that's another thing. Like, I, I can't psychoanalyze my dreams and, and tell you what they are, like, literalize them. I don't know. I don't know if they are me. I can say that I'm me in the dreams trying to fucking kill these things. I want these things to die. It's hard to separate why I make a decision when I'm in a bad place versus I'm a bad person. And I think like the real answer is I'm a bad person. That that's just so much simpler. That's so much simpler for me to 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 reckon with. I'll give you an example. Um, I'll just paint a picture. Say I'm going out with a girl, you know, and we've been talking, and we met, and we we've 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 gone out before, and um, 
you know, and now it's time to, to, to meet up again. And I'm like, cool. Where do you want to meet up? Want to meet up at Starbucks? Great. What time? Six o'clock on Saturday. Splendid. She follows up. Hey, are we still good for Saturday at 6 p.m.? I'm like, one hundo P? Of course. Let's do it. Great. It's five o'clock. Hey, you know, I'm just freshening up. I'm on my way. Awesome. Me too. It's 6 15. She's like, hey, where are you? And I'm and I just and I never talked to her again. And and I had no intention in going. And I'm like a shitty person. I'm just shitty. And, and like I don't love that and I don't like revel in that and go, mmm, shitty feelings. I totally, you know, um hurt her and I feel good about myself. It's not that. It's just like knives. It's like I, I, I can, when you say catch yourself, I'm watching me and saying, Knives, why are you doing this? Stop. Can you stop this? Why are you doing this? Stop this. Turn this off. This is, I don't like this you. I don't like you. But that person can't, is helpless, that voice. And then me, you know, before I, before I know, I've done that a hundred times. And it's like that you carry with you subconsciously and that fucks up your dreams. And so that part that you want to kill off is that part. Why am I that way? I don't want to be that way. If I had to, if, if, if I had that conversation once, I've had it 10,000 times. Sure. I mean, I've had those conversations since I was 10 years old, 10 years old, telling myself and God, like, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be this way. That doesn't that isn't that like irresponsible in some way? No. That's like a Nazi being like, nah, I forgive myself. Let myself off the hook. I don't deserve like to forgive myself. But then those behaviors cause anxiety. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's hard because the most, like, I'm probably a narcissist. You're looking at me like, probably, but <laughs> I'm probably, but like, in, in all the bad ways, not in the cool, fun, tortured, artistic way, like, in all the bad ways, I think I'm in a narcissist. Are you comfortable? Go ahead and go to the bathroom. I'll just be here. I'm going to leave this in the video. No, do not. Everybody can stay with me here. No. What if I take forever? Everybody stay with me. Stop. Real quick, number one or number two? Stop. I'm not That's a number two. <laughs> Stop. <sighs> All right, guys. So Claire needs to go to the bathroom, and I respect that. And we've all seen in podcasts where somebody takes a bathroom break. And I'm going to continue piloting this ship. And 
I doubt Claire's going to go back and she's going to listen to this. And for all the people that are out there in relationships, I know that if you're hearing this, like knives is insufferable. I know that you're hearing this and you're probably frustrated with just how tedious and neurotic knives is and knives can be. And I am. And it doesn't matter how self-aware you are about it. It doesn't matter if you know it to be true. And I think I'd argue it doesn't matter if you're working on it. I think all that really matters is how you behave in public and in private, but probably more specifically in private. If you behave like an asshole to yourself when no one's watching, I think you're an asshole. If you behave like an asshole when the world is watching, you're definitely an asshole and you've proven it. It's credible at this point. And it's certainly not something I'm proud of and it's something that I'm willing to change. And I love Claire for being somebody that can listen to me and hear me and let me unravel and let me just, you know, just pull a thread and watch me all just unwind. I'm happy that I have a partner that I can do that with. I think it's important for people to have that, whether if it's your your mother, your brother, your psychologist, your best friend, your counselor, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your spouse, whoever. If it's your audience on the internet, if it's your next door neighbor, if it's the barista at the coffee shop, if you have a human being that you can say, help me, I'm here, I'm alive, I don't know what to do all the time, I don't have all the answers. I want to be better. Um, if you have that human, consider yourself lucky. I have that human, thank God, and it's Claire. And if I didn't have that person, I'd, I would be in real trouble. Um, I hope you're thinking parenthetically, like, wow, Knives is really good at, at, at buying time. How long can he keep this train of thought for? Can he maintain this stream of consciousness um, for a long enough time while Claire goes to the bathroom? Um, also, did he just put himself in a trap here where now he caused awareness on it? He was doing fine. He had me there for a second, and now he's causing me to actually pay attention to that. This was Claire, I, Claire's idea to do this podcast, and we're doing it pretty late at night because with a 5-year-old and a 14-year-old and a dog on a Saturday night, nobody wants to go to sleep. Nobody wants to pay attention and be quiet and let us do this, so it, it's very difficult to do anything. Also, if you know, I had said, oh, she's back. I had to keep going. That's just what I do. Um, going back to talking about me, I think I'm a narcissist. <laughs> Is that comfortable for you, the microphone? Yeah. You can move it. No. You're good? I want you to be comfy. Yeah. Um, it's I, I, I how do I just go back into talking about narcissism? The reason why I bring it up is because you know, there are some people that can turn off the switch and just think about others. Mm -hmm. And I wish I could take that pill, you know. A part of me um man, if you just like could see the transcript of the conversation that I have with myself on a regular basis, it would exhaust you. And I'm certainly sick of it. And I was just saying off, you know, when you were off mic, um, indisposed, I was just saying, it doesn't matter, you know, 
how self-aware you are or that you want to be better. All that matters is how you behave privately and in public, you know, privately. I'm a, I'm, I'm an asshole to myself. Yeah. Not on purpose. I just wake up and I, I'm like, why? I wake up and I say, fuck. This again? Me? I feel like we all kind of feel like that on some small level, you know, which, which could fuel like wanting to be better and better yourself and being a better person. I can tap into 2011 feeling shitty like this. And I can tap into 2005 feeling shitty like this. And I can tap into 1995 feeling shitty like this. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I put all that out of my mind because I don't want to feel that way. I mean, it's very frustrating. I know it's frustrating for you, but it's also very frustrating for me. For you, the spouse. Yeah. I'm getting on this end because what can I do about it if it's like, like I can't come and, and fix it for you. Nobody can. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not supposed to be my savior and help me and fix me, and nobody can do that. What's strange is like I, I, I like just I so used to be, I so, I so used, I, I so used to like want to be better. I'm, it's not that I stopped, but it, it, that used to be like all I focused on. Like my mania comes from, cause I just have highs and lows. My mania comes from, I wake up and I start putting out the fires. I turn on the water hose, that whole, try to spend from like five in the morning to 9am just putting out fires like inside me. And then I can go out and be a, a functional human. Um, now I wake up and I'm just like, I'll just walk around the fire. I'll just walk around it. I am. I. It's a weird thing. There are there are moments where it, it's um. Fuck, man. You know, there's this whole machismo out there that's like. You know, shut the fuck up, be a man, and just keep going. And like that just goes straight through me. I'm like, I'm like, man, f fuck y'all, fuck y'all. Easy, like easy to say it, you know. Well, I mean, good for them that they can do that. Like that's, I, you know, it probably has for some people, and and that's great. Like, there's a whole part of the internet that appreciates stoicism just hard granite men chiseled from marble and and their hearts are made of stone and they like that and that's masculine and hot and and respectable and people put them on a pedestal and they they they're 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 idolized for that and that's great and maybe i've done that before where i'm like yeah i want to be the giant that I am and now I'm and, and now I'm just like it's really hard. Um 
you know, I saw on Netflix, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and it inspired me. And, and it was just like, man, I used to feel passionate about filmmaking and art and writing and things. And in that state of just being passionate, nobody could stop me. And all I had was just this, this burning flame in me that kept me going. It kept me warm. It kept me alive. People found it attractive. It was like people were, were uh, drawn to it like a moth to a flame. And I didn't care, which made it even more attractive. And people bought into what I said and what I believed, even if it wasn't true, because I meant it. People just appreciated that certainty, and it reinforced my cer certainty. And watching Juro Dreams of Sushi and seeing this passionate, masterful, 85-year-old titan just dedicate time to his craft it made me go back to the drawing board and i started writing and making lists and i was like getting you know stoked to make stuff again and then i went to the valley and i was not a human for seven days i just felt like i felt like the invisible man like these whole holidays yeah. you know I, I went out with this terrific photographer who i'll have on the podcast one day lester platt and there was a model that was there and she was like, how was your holidays? And I was like, I never was in the Christmas spirit. I just felt like I was held under ice and I was just waiting for the Christmas day to go by and then I could come back up and breathe again. Sorry. You know, like, and it was weird. Like I felt really, I was so, I, I felt like I was on it. You know, and uh, and then I went to on the to the valley, and then was just like a tool, and came back, and then was like a tool, and now I feel like a tool still. You know, and it's it's weird to find that that human that I appreciate that's passionate, and he's just way harder to hold on to. Like I see him every now and then, I glimpses of him, and nobody can fuck with me in that state of mind. Nobody, I challenge anybody to fucking bother me, and they can't. And I felt it just, you know, the Thursday before Christmas. And then I fucking lost it. And it never used to be so fragile. It never used to be so, you know, it, it never used to, it, it, that, that was never a possibility. And I don't know why it is. I don't know. Right, which don't get me wrong, and I want everybody to know that when I am that way, Claire's like, lower it. She's like, you're a 14, put it at a four, or go to the other room. It's not like he's a fun guy that, that people love to be around. Like, I have best friends that are like, when you're that guy, I, I mute you, and I don't want anything, I don't want to go near you. And I respect that, I appreciate that. Thank you for telling me, it hurts. Um, so it's like a, it's a, why do you have to fucking be so miserable or why do you have to be so like, I, I and then there's people that cruise at normal. That's cool. They're not plagued with the, the burden of ambition. They don't have anything to prove. They're getting by and they're good. They have their fantasy football teams. They go to their kids, little league games. They come home and they play Xbox and they're good. Do you want to be like that? No. I don't have hobbies. 
this is like the closest thing that comes to a hobby. But I, this is the only place where like I get to play. And so it's like ironing my thoughts. It's like I get to see what I am. And as soon as this uploads, I'll probably be like, I don't feel like that, <laughs> you know? And that's just part of my process. And I, 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 I die by that sword. I, I, that, that is the way I am for better or worse. And it's, you know, I, I can't, I can't judge this, the body of work. I can't judge it, but I'm not afraid to put it out there because I just, I know one person will be like, dude, I feel that way. Yeah. I don't do that. I see. Why? There, there are different sorts of mindsets, like uniforms that you can adapt to that put you in a certain mode to be creative. One is like you said, and how you use depression as a crutch. And, you know, it feels really melancholic art and romantic art and painful art and all that. I've never I've never utilized my sadness. It it's a it's a it's a creativity drain. Like it it bleeds my creativity dry. I'm paralyzed. Like 
I'm paralyzed. Um, so I can't do that. But then there's also modes, like you said, that are on the complete other side of the extreme, which is, oh, I'm so pumped up and blah, blah, go, 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 go. And I've been there and I've, I've totally reveled in that pocket, but it's not sustainable. You can't casually be completely maniacal and still a, a fun person to be around and still because also like I don't know what's going on uh, with because like and, and then there's a medium right which are people that look at it like working out and they're very kind of uh, they don't have feelings about they don't look at creating as a emotional thing they just do it and well I put 500 words out on medium or I made three podcasts or I I took these photos and here they are and those people I, I envy the people in the medium the most because I'm like I can be so passionate about something and uh, you can like loosen that right there there you go yeah um, and then push push that push it in push it in this way push the the thick rod in pick it up you know what I mean oh lord like that, but push it in a little bit more because you want the weight to be in the butt. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm still figuring out this new setup, everybody, so leave me alone. Um, the people that are in the medium that, that can kind of go through it like athletes and they just wake up and they have the discipline and they, they have a very well, a good structure, I feel like that's the pocket to win and that's sustainable. And I think that prevents, that's like a, a prevention from burnout. And I appreciate that creative, the people that are, and, and here's the thing, they're not creative in the in the romantic sense, right? The, you find these people and they're usually the ones that are like, yeah, I went, to, I went to Harvard Business Law and then someone was like, why don't you give stand-up comedy a shot? And I did it and now here I am, right? Or, you know, uh, I, I originally went to college for math but then someone said, Why can you take my pictures for my wedding? And then I did it before I knew it. I'm a millionaire taking wedding photos. And it's like the people that kind of fall into it are the ones that are more normal and treat everything just like watering your plants. And that, I'm envious of that. Like I don't, I, I guess because I never became a functioning member of society first. I, I never ever... Maybe. They figured out how to be a normal human first. <laughs> and then they gave art a shot and, and then they got good at it. I'm not going to say that you were like a broken person. But, but here I was a, a completely broken person that found something that healed him. And then did it and was like, okay. Like I, I could never say like I'm the shit. I'm great at what I do. I don't feel that ego about it. Narcissism notwithstanding, like I, I don't feel that way. But it doesn't stop me from making stuff. People confuse that optically from a, an objective standpoint as confidence. I think it, I've always looked at it as ignorance. Okay. I've always looked at it like, well, I don't know any better or any other way. When I see normal humans... 
that got their their Dodge truck and they're just normal denim wearing normal people, often Canadians. I found okay. that fe that fell into a creative medium. They're just so well put together. Like, yeah. and I'm like, how do you get to do that and have art? I don't know. And, and nobody taught me this. I didn't hang out with the wrong crowd. Like this, unfortunately, is me, but not. But I. there's all this other creative people that are happen to be that way, too. And I don't want to be resentful about other people's success or people that have made it or have done it in a way that is fashionable or cool or they've done it in a way that where they're not hurting themselves. I'm not a I want to fetishize my sadness person. I, I don't like. I wish I, uh, I don't know, like, I, I wish I felt good first. And then I have, and then I believe, like, maybe good art would come out of that. I happen to believe it could. Yeah, no, there's a book that I've read, not enough of Of course. Yeah. On that note, when you were coming back from your sabbatical, uh, number two, right? When you came back from pooping, uh, taking a shit, uh, which I mean, it's everybody does it. Britney Spears does it. I had to tell myself that in seventh grade. I was like, I was like, Britney Spears has to take a shit. She has to. She has to. That's my. That's what I do for feminism. Anyways, when you were gone, when you were when you were gone, I was saying, you know, what I wanted to get to was there are people who are like asexual or uh, have you heard of the term incels? Yeah. Involuntarily celibate. Mm, okay. Yeah, there are people, men and women, involuntarily celibate. You know, uh, virgins, for lack of a better term. There are people that. Um, probably have a harder time having empathy for people in relationships okay. and relationship problems. Right. And I was saying how I'm lucky that I have a spouse and a partner that listens to my bullshit, mm -hmm. even though people hearing this might be like, how the fuck does she do this? <laughs> I don't know, but she does. And I'm grateful. And a single person who is either looking for a partner or has no interest is kind of like um, relationship agnostic might just be like, I don't care. Don't need it. Don't care. I respect that. What I was going to get to before you came in was, and then there's a whole group of people who have no empathy for parents. Yeah. 
because they don't have parents. I mean, they don't have kids. They do not have kids and they don't have empathy for parents. And so being a creative person that's also a parent is a whole other difficulty. We're playing the game at the hardest difficulty. And there are motherfuckers that are playing this on easy with no kids that have the audacity to bitch about a lack of time or resources. Because what you're saying about, I want, I need to have this five hour allotted, allotted time that could be from 12 to five or five to 2 a.m. or midnight to 5 a.m. But I don't have that time because I'm an adult and I have, I'm also a provider and I have kids and you know, I don't want to scare them or whatever. And that's, that's a very difficult thing for people who, who don't have kids. They don't even know and they should be alarmed. And if you don't want to have kids, that's cool. Totally cool. And I don't, I just had Fiona on the podcast. So I'm not, I mean, it's a, it's, I love it. I love being a dad. It's the best job. No smoke. It's the best job, but it's hard to fill my own cup as well as a creative person. Did you do that in one go? No, no, I During that time when he's with his... Can I ask you a question? Because you're on a podcast. Um, could you do that now? Would that be preferable now? Could you be a week on parent, single parent, and a week off parent, single parent? Or, and I don't want to make up your mind because this is an interesting question. Or are you the type of person that likes sharing a bed that likes living with another human, <laughs> that likes to share their responsibility with their kids. Do you like the married life? I do. Or do you like the, or which one's better? Like the married life with the, I wake up with this guy, <laughs> he's on my couch, right. um, Bojack watching Bojack all day, we go to the gym together, yeah. um, or are you like, yeah, you take these fucking guys for a week. I'll do me. Are you just saying that? Do I, as a partner, hold you accountable in some way to be better? Or why are you a better person, do you think? And the marriage paradigm.
obviously there's a lot of pressure and it felt like burden, like there were certain burdens on me that I couldn't like hand off to somebody else. Like, for example. Can I say something just as corny? I want to, I like the idea of being the type of man who wakes up and goes for a seven mile run and comes back home and makes the family breakfast and takes the kids to school and kisses his spouse goodbye and then works diligently, studiously um, for eight to 10 hours, greets the family when they come home, uh, plays with the dog, all that stuff. Like, I, f I like that idea. I wish I could just take the pill that makes you feel that good. Um, I, I, I want to be that person. I think that would make me a better asset in this partnership, a better asset in terms of like this American dad who gets after it and makes money and eats what he hunts and blah, blah, blah. My creativity, like I have to think that it would be better. And it's just like, it's just an eight mile run. Like I feel like that, you know, when you burn 500 calories in a workout, say for example, like you don't you feel like I can fucking do anything? Nobody can touch me. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. I love that feeling. Like I, I love that. And but you know, and it's it's hard. I mean, also, I guess. I feel yeah. guilty if I if I do that and I fail at it and I suck at it and I feel shitty and I'm like knives. You're not this guy. Your body's just so terrible and you did this to yourself. And then it's hard to break through that. And then I and then so I'm like, okay, knives, don't do it. Chill. Go make yourself a good breakfast. And then I feel guilty because I didn't do it. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a very practical, therapeutic, helpful. Not to sound. Was this a Sex in the City thing? Was this Sex in the City? Sounds like it could have been. Uh, I don't know, maybe. Um, I don't think so. But it was like, you know, kind of like, would you date you? And like, I had to ask myself. Whoa. And I was like, no. And then I was like, I don't like that. You know what? I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that I would date me. And I was like, and I was honest with you. You don't like that you would not date you? 
Yes. That's really good. That's a good frame to look at things through. I would date me just to just to adopt my kids. <laughs> I like that guy with his kids. <laughs> you take them out of the equation? No. I don't think I would. It's just so much work. That's a lot of work. I know. Um, I know. The good news is for you, at least it's not you. I'm not like, I'm in a shitty fucking relationship. I got to get out of this. You know, like, how do I break it to Claire? I don't want to be with her anymore. You know, divorce is on the table. Like, no, it's not you. Like, it's so not you. You're like the best thing in my life. You know, seriously, like. I love you. You're my best friend. I can talk to you about anything. We It's rare that we have the time to super get into it like this right now, which is why I'm being very frank with you, which I don't think is new. I was telling Aiden, um, we saw a PT Cruiser, and he was like, look, it, look, it looks like our old PT Cruiser. And, and I got so nostalgic, and I was like, man, I'd give anything for that PT Cruiser. He's like, well, why? It was, Didn't it like die? And I was like, no, it never died. It <laughs> And I was like, dude, the first time I hung out with your mom, it was her 10-year high school anniversary. And she was, I, yeah, I said that too. And I said, I mean, reunion. And she was supposed to go and and and, and Pete came and was like, let's go. And you're like, now nah, I'm going to talk to this guy. And we just talked for like, what, five hours in the PT Cruiser? Yeah. And... But we had a lot of long conversations in that PT Cruiser. And so that's important. And I love you. Like, you're one of the few people that I, some days, I, I, I like the me that I see the uh, through you. And there are some days where I don't like that guy that you're with. And I'm like, ew. Like, he needs to be better. You know, so, but, the, I, but either way, like, that, like, you are, like, the true judge, jury, and executioner of, like, every, of how I filter through things, you know, and it's rare when I make something, it's happened maybe twice, or I make something, and I'm like, what do you think, Claire, and, and you like it, but when you do, I know it's good. Mmm... It was probably in 2018, Pipe Dream. The last thing where you're like, yeah, that was, you did something good. I like that. I like the way you did that. No, 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 the first one. Yeah, the first one that I did. Um, I will probably always, and any artist that says they don't have this, I think you're a liar. I have like a very big, uh, you know, when Fiona shows me something, a art, a painting or something that she made, I'm never like this unicorns again. You call this a triangle? This has four sides, Fiona. What the fuck is this? Go back, do do another one. I, I could never do that. Every time she shows me something, and you know, she presents us with five pieces of art a day. I'm just like, 
oh my, I got fucking fall back. And I'm like, this is, I oversell it. And, um, anytime I make something, a part of me is like, please like me. Tell me I'm good. Tell me I'm good. How could it not be? And when I show somebody something, I'm like, can you give me a hug and say you're proud of me? Uh, there's like a big neediness there. I, that has to be a driving factor for our actors, musicians, stand-up comedians. Filmmakers are not, you know, excluded from that. Um, it's weird. Um, I like being able to be very frank with you, but I also want to be the best me. Like, uh, I was on another podcast with Brian Kern, who... Um, avoided being on this show for a whole year, but I'm going to try to put him on, on, you know, maybe January or February, but I was just on his show. And he was like, where do you see yourself in five years? And I'm like, I don't care about the money in the bank, the house I have. I don't care, you know, uh, in terms of like wants. I just want to like myself. I That would be sick. If I could like myself and enjoy being alive, um, that would be cool. It's got to be realistic. People got to wake up and be like, you know, this life stuff is pretty cool. They, they're got to be, not just in the movies, IRL. Who? Oh, let me guess. They don't got kids. I'm just kidding. No, but no, no, of course not. And little, little do they know how, how much, how much greater their life would be if they had kids, but. I, you know, it's sad to say I've, I've never, I've never done it. I've never done it where I worked on myself and I. I've never done it. And that's like, if I had one thing that, you know, do you ever think like the world would be better if we just walked around naked? No. Like everybody would, like it would all just be out there. I, I, I think that way sometimes. Like, cause when you read the Bible, it's like Adam and Eve fucked up and now we all have to wear clothes. That's like the abridged version. No. You might want to fact check that, but, um, and so, like, I was thinking about this. Like, I changed in front of um, Frankie the other day, our dog. And she was looking at me, and I was looking at her, and I was putting my underwear on, my pants, my shirts, my... Because she'll follow me when I go take a shower, and I come back, she's there in the bedroom. And, um, and I was, like, putting myself in her shoes. Here she is. She walks around with this fur coat. That's all she needs. She's naked. And I was wondering, like, what if she had as I'm putting on these clothes, is she thinking like, is he just a super cocky monkey that like puts all these things on like these affectations? Like, why is he putting on all these things? What's he going for? Is he like some sort of royalty monkey? Like I had this thought, I don't smoke weed. Okay. And I felt really like putting on my jacket and I was just like, who the fuck do I think I am putting on clothes, socks and shoes. I was just like, she is, she doesn't need anything. And if men just walked around with all of our dicks out and it was all just out, 
Like everybody would have to work on themselves and you would be able to really notice everybody like men and women would everybody would have to work on themselves and, and, and really you would know who's putting in the work and who's not. But there's so many people, myself included, who, who put in the work in other ways and totally disregard themselves in their like, like appearance their bio their biology like if you just judge me on my naked body alone i'm a fucking wreck and i am a wreck but i have successes in other ways that like you can't really measure but that's also an attraction it could also be seen as you know something that you can work on of course and it goes it goes both ways though on the on the same token like someone can work on their biology, but then also never worked on their education or something, right? Of course. And some are more visually apparent than others. I bring this up, this whole tangent with the dog and everything. If there's something that like I try to hide as if it was like, don't see me naked. If there's something that I try to hide, it's, it's this, it's this, um, and now I lost it. <laughs> all that just i had a feeling that was going to happen but uh i don't want people to know um how this is it how super unhappy i am with myself okay. and that's why i've been talking about it the most right. like lately is you know and, and here's the thing and uh, i want to be very careful here um I love Dakota Meyer. And as someone who studied every word that he said and like took every podcast he ever made and every speech, you know, during the times that we were working together, he's a superhuman. How can you not fall in love with this guy? That's just the truth. Like he could kick your ass, but he also like well he he would never be malicious towards you. He doesn't have it in him to be a bad evil person. He could fucking whoop your ass, right? But he but he uses his superpowers for good. Like and I've seen it and there's people that watch like Teen Mom or Instagram and think that they got an idea of him. You don't. Like as a guy who has been there, I love this guy. But I will say that working with this guy, he was very vulnerable about PTSD very vulnerable about anxieties and you know gosh like i was with him when i mean he's he's tried everything to, to to help his ptsd and i was thinking about this on my drive today i was like he doesn't have melancholy he's not like sad it was rainy today and it was scattered showers and i was thinking melancholy and sadness which i have often is like scattered showers it's inconvenient you need an umbrella to go out ptsd from war is like earthquake tsunami wildfire level natural disaster you wouldn't say that scattered showers is a natural disaster that's melancholy right. you shouldn't compare suffering i'm just saying scattered showers i was like that's me dakota and what he's gone through is wildfire mm -hmm. earthquake volcanic eruptions and during the time when i was working with him like anytime i felt sad i was like you don't get to feel sad Why? 
because you haven't gone through shit knives compared yeah com compared to my buddy dakota so shut the fuck up knives you don't get to feel sad you don't get to feel it and i would bury a lot of things unconsciously and uh this isn't his fault there's so many um service members that saw combat who it's difficult for them to talk about these things and I admire their will to get back on the horse and like try to have a meaningful life and they deserve it the most but Dakota would never be melancholy it's just you know he has nightmares for what he's gone through and I have so much empathy for him for that but I could not be sad about it. And so the kick that I've been on, a, you know, about like transparency and talking openly about these um, insecurities that I have is really like this bucket that just got so full over the past couple of years. And finally, I'm just letting it out. Right. And I feel like it's a um, part of my healing process of holding things in. I'm not really good at that. And, um, you need to go to the bathroom. Oh, cool. Knives, either you upload this whole thing or you edit the fuck out of it. Pick one. Um, I guess I'll just finish that bit. I, um, how long have we been going here? Oh, cool. Um, no human should ever compare themselves and say, well, you don't get to feel this way because other people feel terrible about it. It's like saying, well, there's starving people in Africa. So, yeah, I know. But also there's, 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 you're hungry when you're hungry as well. Right. So. Uh, it's a cold, confusing way to when you put all the cards on the table and you've had a lot of time on your hands to to sort through that. It you can lose yourself along the way, but um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like I am inspired by Dakota, but I also have to say my truth and I have to feel the way that I feel and get it out. Um, and you know it's hard being an artist who's behind the camera and in front of the camera it's a whole different thing when you're in front of the camera and i fancy myself as not an entertainer but but someone who's who's out in the public and who puts his life out there i just posted a podcast with my daughter um you know i wouldn't even post her pictures on social media for a while because i didn't want people i wanted to protect my privacy and i did and so i've done both things and and uh, I wouldn't call myself a public figure by any means, but I am, I am exposed um, on social media and on YouTube. And that's because I, I like being an, an, an artist in front of the camera and being a personality in front of the camera because I like connecting with other like-minded geniuses. Um, and part of my process right now is like coming out of this cocoon and hopefully emerging as a beautiful butterfly. And right now I'm in the cocoon and I'm purging all these 
uh, negative voices. Like people don't even want to say that, you know, people don't even want to, 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 to own their negativity and their self negativity and say, I hate feeling this way. I hate myself right now. People don't want to own that. It's not, it's like, it's like fat shaming. No, you can't fat shame. And for me right now, I am fat shaming myself. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying I don't like this anymore. I don't, I don't like feeling this way. I don't like waking up and, and having to drink, you know, five energy drinks to get through the day and wondering why come 8 p.m. I feel like baked shit. No, I, I want to take a more holistic approach and, and sweat out all these toxins and, and purge out all these, you know, you have to kind of fast in a way and get, get, get rid of all this pain. And I'm tired of being a pain body. And, um, Working with Dakota was great because I was able to lose myself in the work, but then I abandoned myself, and 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 it was great for that because I could get out of my head, and now I'm back in my head, and it's like, Knives, you never worked on being a functioning member of society. You never worked on it. You never did it from 16, 18, 20, 25. Yeah, I pay my bills. I pay my rent. You know, like I'm... I'm an independent human. I pay my taxes, sure, but that doesn't mean that like I'm healthy. And we need to talk about that. We need to talk about our physical health and our mental health. And the brain is part of the body after all. Like we need to talk about that and I'm doing that and I'm sorting through all this. I'd like to think 365 days from now I can look back and see and chart my progress and say, "Wow, at the tail end of the decade, you know, you were you were feeling yourself, you're figuring yourself out. And now here you are, before and after. And I'm still itching and crawling for that before and after. Oh, there she is. You good? Just so you know that if this was Oprah, she wouldn't be able to pause the show. You would have to hold it in if you were on Larry King Live. So, um, you good time-wise? Okay, because we've been going for about an hour. All that just to wrap up saying, like, um, I, you know, we moved here to Austin in 2016, and it was really hard work to get here. And then, you know, we became self-sufficient, self-reliant, independent creatives that pay their taxes and their bills with art money. And that's cool. Like that was a pipe dream at one point. And, uh, and it was 2009, uh, 2019. And I looked up and I'm like, cool, I got here, but I never worked on myself. And that's what I was saying off mic was when I was working with Dakota, it was great because I was invisible and I didn't, I could get out of my head, but I was carving up to just get through the day, you know, and, 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 and they're trying to get by, get through. 
And I, I fucked with that life. It's not sustainable. And so I want this to be not a I'm doomed. I want this to be a, a before and after. You know, here's Knives before 2019. He, he ended the decade, blah, blah, blah. And, the, you know, and, and hopefully, in, you know, sometime in the not too distant future, it's like, whoa, he's come a long way. You know, like I'm not, nor have I ever said I'm a role model. Follow my virtues and my values. I will show you the way. I've never spouted that shit. Like all I've ever said is here I am. I'm dying. Look at my art. That's all I've ever been about, you know? So I don't want people to get it twisted, you know? If, it, what's what, what what's very thank God is this is on brand to this conversation. Like I, it may hurt and someone may weaponize it and use it against me in the future and say, look at you, you said you, 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 you parent shamed people, whatever the fuck that this may not be politically correct in the future, but I don't care. Like this is, this is like measuring my growth and, and putting my height on the wall and saying here I was emotionally in 2019 and hopefully in the future I can say, oh, I got my shit together. I started running and now, dude, it would be dope. I'd want to be that guy that ran a marathon. I, I would very much like that. And there's people that are hearing this that are like, well, then do it, fatso. Thanks. Uh, no shit. Obviously, I, I, I'm working on it, man. Like, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. This is a work in progress. Um, you really wanted to do this podcast. Do you regret it? No. <laughs> it probably didn't go the way you thought. Right, right, right. Um, you weren't, you didn't like a marriage story as much as I did. No, and I don't know. But I felt like you went went into it. I don't know why. You went into it with expectations. Yeah. yeah. I well, the climax of the movie was ruined for you. Which has now been memefied. That's not fair. Noah Bombach, Mark My Words, is going to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay for that. I'm a sucker for great acting and good writing and letting the actors do their thing. I'm a sucker for that. I think if you were to swap Scarlett Johansson with, I don't know who would be a good fit for Adam Driver. I don't. No, I mean like uh, in a in a marriage that you believe in or something, because because you. But that's what I'm saying. So maybe if you swap Scarlett Johansson out, I think you like the movie more. Same script. Yeah, 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, also there was there was no one like was like there was no villain, quote unquote, in the movie. I mean, come on, you don't need a villain. The movie, it's weird. Like expectations are really everything. Like um, Dave was with us for Christmas and I was like, how was Uncut Gems? And he's like, everybody said it was going to be like, like an anxiety attack every minute. And he's like, I expected it to be crazier and it it wasn't. And I was like, so your expectations ruined the movie is what I heard. And then we brought up another movie and he was like, yeah, I thought it was going to be. Uh, like this but it was really more like that and it was like don't go into things with expectations then like don't read all the blogs hear all the podcasts read all the reviews before you go into something just go into it separation we just watched the separation and uh i i didn't know it was going to be about that like i didn't know anything other than an iranian filmmaker made it i knew it was going to have subtitles right but that's all i knew it was a foreign film i didn't know it was going to be what it was about and so as it was what it was about, I, I'm really good at just like letting, I'm just vibing with the thing. I'm not, I don't want it to be what I want it to be. And I'll give you another example. I remember we went on a date a couple years ago to watch Personal Shopper. And that was not what you expected. But, but it ruined the entire filming, film watching experience for you. You thought it was going to be like a rom-com. Yeah, but I never set an expectation for you. You know, I kind of feel like somebody had this joke of like, I think it was um, Weekend Update with Colin Jost and Michael Michael Shea. He, uh, I guess I saw, he does stand up and he did this clip and he was like, you know how people say, like, don't judge a book by its cover? He's like, that's literally what the cover's for. Okay. He's like, you're supposed to judge the book by the cover. Mean, that's how you know you like it yeah, or that you're going to like it. That's funny. And so it's the same thing with movies. Like, just take the cover and go with that, but not more, not less. Like, you know, another thing I see is people, Star Wars came out and they're like, Oh, I thought it was going to be really bad because everybody hated it. I liked it. And it's just like, maybe that's why you liked it, you know? Or there's people that walk into it thinking this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And then they're like, meh. And it's like, don't don't contrast. Just surf with the wave that you're on, man. Like, just watch the thing. Watch the thing. Um, I remember it was the last movie we saw in FAR at what we called the Ghetto Mall. That's just like was the informal name. Um, the last movie we saw was Pacific Rim. Dude, I saw the trailers. All I knew was it's Guillermo. That's all I need to know. It's going to be good. He, he's competent. He's not, it's, you're not going to say, I don't know if I agree with that camera choice. No, you're in the best of hands. Just go with it. But I had no idea I was going to love it as much as I did. I was like a kid playing with toys in the bathtub for the first time. And if I had like been, you know, it's like, uh, imagine 
like knowing imagine ta- like watching a taped Super Bowl and knowing who's going to win you're going to hate every play you're going to hate every cut to commercial you're going to hate the entire game it's like no I like being surprised and I like being like I don't know if I like this as I'm watching it cuz I'm vibing with it you know um same here you know I knew the cast I knew uh, I knew Jamie Lee Curtis was in it Chris Evans uh but like when I saw Don Johnson I was like ooh when I I knew Tony Collette was in it when I saw Michael Shannon I was like ooh right like those were that was cool and that was just like I was just vibing with that movie the whole way through like I that was fun um when we saw Hereditary I didn't I don't know what it was about we saw the trailer after we saw the movie I just want to, yeah, we saw the trip. We went home, we saw the trailer and then we were like, what? This thing was totally marketed completely differently. And there were some scenes that were in the trailer that were not in the movie. Um, people are letting hype and word of mouth get the best of them. Stop it. This is me being an old man. Like I growing up, like me and my mom, it was like, let's go to the movies. What's starting? We're watching that. A lot of them were, yeah, or you'd call and they'd be like seven fifteen, and you'd go. You know, people are complicating this shit. Um, just go and watch it and enjoy it. Fuck. Um, but I liked Marriage Story because you just put it on and I was like, Adam Driver's in it. How bad could it be? Well, what's a divorce movie that you relate to? Oh, I got one. Blue Valentine. I mean, no, not for my parents, but like that's that's like a that's a painful breakup divorce movie. That's an all timer right there. You almost can't even enjoy how how nice their relationship was in the beginning because because they show both things at the same time you know they're contrasting like the end of the relationship with the beginning when you're watching it the structure and that's a great one oh that's a great breakup movie eternal sunshine i love i know you don't like it that's a great breakup movie not a divorce movie but it's a great breakup movie um what's another what's another one That movie was that, that's one of the best scripts I've ever seen in a movie I couldn't pull it off I couldn't pull it off and also the kids like the acting was just so the older daughter oh my gosh she was really good and um, I don't want to give anything away you should watch it it's on Netflix it's an Iranian film called a separation but I love movies that end with the action it, it doesn't fade to black and the titles just go over the image yeah. i love that when that happens it punches me in the heart every time it's like what no that that <laughs> you never want a good movie to end for sure um 
another like breakup. Dude, I going back to marriage story really fast. I love um I just love good acting, man. I I didn't like seeing Adam Driver in pain. I didn't like seeing Scarlett Johansson cry. Saying, I can't believe I have to fucking know you forever. It's like, have you never felt that way? I mean, dude, I, I've had I've had some dramatic breakups. But you don't have to know them for you don't have to talk to them for like No, of course, but in the moment it's your life. Haven't you ever like took the convert took the argument to its zenith and say things that you regret and you're like I can't take that back. That's it's a, I don't like using this word often but it's ugly. And those actors went there. That's fun to watch and it makes it it pulls at my strings. It hurts. It's effective. Also, let me ask you as a woman, why is Adam Driver hot? He is hot. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But 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 why is he hot? Probably he, he he's not your average movie star. He has an unorthodox almost like asymmetrical look. Is there a female is there a female equivalent of like the the weird hotness that Adam Driver is? Uh, my is yours. Of women? Yeah. What's my taste of women? Phoebe Cates. Drop dead Fred. No, I don't Rooney Mara. You think she's weird looking? No, but I'm saying what, what's like. Okay, I don't think. Uh huh. But like, what's okay? Um. Oh, eh. Well, I'm saying, what's like a, you know how Adam Driver's like a weird looking, he, I don't want to say weird looking, that sounds mean, offensive, but he's not, he have like the he, okay, so like, uh, here's a great example, uh, you have like, um, your George Clooney, your Brad Pitt's, your Matt Damon's, your Leonardo DiCaprio's, basic cookie cutter bitches, right, basic like, yeah, our moms think they're hot, but they all look the same. Um, I saw an interview where, where, uh, they were asking Brad Pitt, like, oh, do you ever get recognized? Whatever. And they're just like, yeah, do you ever get mistaken for somebody else? He's like, yeah, people have confused me with Matt Damon and that he just signs like the autograph as Matt Damon. And, but they asked DiCaprio on the once upon a time in Hollywood tour, the same question. And he's just like, I've been confused for Brad Pitt. Right. And I could see that. I could see how people are like, oh, they're just starstruck. They're like, they all think they're one thing. But like Adam Driver, you ain't going to confuse Adam Driver for George Clooney, okay? Okay. You know, <laughs> um, and, and I think Adam Driver's an A-list, like, actor, movie star, especially with, like, you know, 
off the cusp of Star Wars. He's a household name. Good for him. He was an indie darling when he got signed for that movie. Now he's a household name. That's dope. He's hot. Um, but he's hot in a different way than say Jason Momoa. Okay. Stay with me here. Is there a female equivalent that's like hot, but not hot in the whatever cookie cutter Margot Robbie hot typical Barbie shit, right? Who? You think Rooney, Rooney Mara? She's not cookie cutter. Okay. I guess that's your answer. I can't think of anybody else that's a little bit, you know, I would say like different. Um, it's almost hard. It's harder, right? For a woman to be super weird looking <laughs> and be hot. I'm trying to think of one. Um, it's weird. Oh, here's one. Back in the day, Meryl Streep. Like, Meryl Streep was hot when she was younger. She was hot, but not in the... Not in, like, the typical A-list. Like, she wouldn't even get all the jobs. Maybe that's why she's so good, you know? is She was hot, but not, like, in a typical Julia Roberts basic bitch way. Just saying, I, we need more like um, interesting faces, okay. don't you think? Um, yeah. Like just a diversity in faces is all. I feel like we've had this nah, I don't know if we have. What do you want to talk about, mental health or this? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um. Yeah, and also, like, you you were telling me as we were watching Marriage Story, like, I'm so inv invested in this movie, and you're like, Scarlett Johansson's hair, I just can't. I and, and I'm like, Claire, just go with it. So, so I don't know. They, had to, they had to nerf her hotness. They had to, like, put these things on her to be like, she's a regular person. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't like, I didn't like any of that. I didn't like, I mean, I see. You had to like her. You had to root for one of them, apparently. I did. I guess so. Hmm. Um, I mean, it was like she said one thing and then she did another, and that was frustrating for me because I picked one. And then that whole thing happened. It's like it was so unnecessary. Hmm. Yeah, at the end it was like um, all that for nothing. Yeah, it's not like supposed to be pleasurable or fun. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Movies aren't 100% supposed to mirror real life. They're supposed to be like these heightened versions. It's, I, I, I know what this is. I know what this is. This is like how I feel about Aaron Sorkin movies. Aaron Sorkin wrote like, uh, did you ever see a Newsroom or Social Network? Like characters in real life don't talk like this. They don't talk like that. Real quippy, real like da-da-da-da-da, just like perfect. Um, you know, and I feel like maybe Noah Baumbach's script was just so so righty so literary yeah sure it was a good it was a good opener with like how they wrote each other that letter and stuff. And you're seeing the montage of this is why I love her. This is why I love him. He makes really good omelets or whatever the bullshit is, you know, like I, I thought that was a good introduction to why they were married to begin with. And then you get to watch the, the pain. In the first two minutes, you're already suspicious about what they're saying. Yes, I was already. When they were, I mean, knowing that they're getting a divorce and they were talking about this, and I'm like, are they being sarcastic? I was already suspicious. Why are they saying we reunite things together? Yeah. At the end, I don't want to give it away, but at the end of the movie, Adam Driver reads a letter that his kid found. That's such a good acting. And that's such, like that 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 beat that they get to that really ties the whole story together as a story, as a circle. To me is like, yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's good acting. It hurt. You know, I, I also like, and you know this better than anybody, like I'm very sensitive. Um. I mean, I put on a random BoJack episode today, and I was crying, like, like Kim Kardashian tears, mouth open, like crying. It just hurts so bad. It hurts so fucking bad. I'm very sensitive, but to me, I look at these things and I'm like, "How are you not in pain?" I don't think you deal with something and then you're numb to it no, or you're no, you, you don't it doesn't evoke an emotional response how do you develop uh would you say healthy emotional coping skills how do you do that oh yeah you keep bringing that up you keep bringing that up my uh I had a counselor for a couple of weeks and she was just like, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I was like, just give me the the, the cheat sheet. And she gave it to me, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'll work on this. And I came back, and I was like, I feel better now. And she was like, and, and now I look back, and I'm like, she was right. She was like, no, you don't just get better. And I was like, what are you talking about? I feel great. And she's like, yeah. And I was like, I don't need to come back to these anymore. And she was like, no, you don't just get better, is what she said. But she was right in that it's not, it, it's, it, it, it's another Bojack thing. It gets easier. You just have to work on it every day. That's the hard part. Which I don't even remember. I don't. I don't. I don't remember my last breakup. Get over it. You do not have healthy emotional coping skills or what? Get out of the past, man. We've been together for almost seven years. How do you feel about that? That's a long time. Top that. <laughs> oh, yeah, by like double. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb shit. <laughs> what, what's like, I might regret asking this, but uh, remember, we can always cut this out. Uh, what's like the last dumb thing I said that that surprised you? Yeah. You were like, no shit, dumbass. And I was just like, the Pikachu face. Like, <laughs> how? Why would somebody fuck with me at the movies? I've lived in Austin for a few years. Like, I got used to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people. Yeah. We're, we're safe. We'll just say we're safe. I'm pretty safe. Um. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Usually, I'm pretty. Right, because I've been fucked with a lot. Yeah. I didn't think someone would want to move a 1,500 pound trailer and steal it from me. I was surprised as well. I was surprised as well. Donna hasn't changed. Mm mm. Mm mm. Same shit, different day, for sure. Um, yeah, I still surprise you. But it, you said it in a way of like, you just out dumbass yourself still, Knives. You don't say it in a, you surprise me. Every now and then you're just so elegant and uh, you surprise me with just how cool you can still be. Which video? Uh huh. Okay. Did I ever tell you that in 2008 I was going to hang myself in my attic? But Juno, I told Juno, I mean, so why would you be surprised? I've told you. I mean, I was so sad. 
it, it had a lot to do with it, but it was also like, uh, yeah, I will, I can admit that, like that was like an impulse, but I've also had those, like I was also bullied a lot as a kid. And so, um, I remember seeing on MTV Pearl Jam had a music video for the song Jeremy. And I think like the chorus, I don't even remember it, but cause I can't even hear that song cause it's triggering. J Jeremy's like uh, the the lyric is like the, the the whole idea of the song is like this kid kills himself in a in a classroom and the music video is like the the whole video is like Jeremy spoke in class today and like whatever and um when I heard that as a very young kid I was like that's a great idea I was like I can kill myself like I'm not saying that gave me the idea but I was like I can I can kill myself kind of that it's okay that I'm being bullied. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> but I was being bullied and I was like, I can end this. I was like, I'm not saying that gave me the idea, but like that was like this inception moment of like, now I would, that, that was a possibility, believe it or not, you know? And, uh, I've always told you that if I went to AP, so at least the middle school, the middle school, the ghetto middle school that you went to, um, that I would have done it because dude, I get, I got picked on so bad. Like, and I felt so like it crushed me, man. Like it, it fucking crushed me. Like I, I couldn't even do my schoolwork, you know, like you, you get diarrhea, like thinking, I don't want to walk down that hallway. And like, I didn't feel safe. And these adults don't care. Um, you know, and I would start thinking very terrible thoughts, like at such a young age, you know? Um, and I always related to like sad, dark music and sad, dark art. And I was just like, yeah, it's okay to feel this way. I can feel, I can tap into this feeling and I'm, I don't have to feel like a faggot about it. Right. Air quotes. Um, going back to like being a very sensitive person. So like, I've always been transparent about, that side to me to you right but that's like part of toxic masculinity is this mask that we wear of like i can't talk about that of course Of course, of course. And I think that's what they call, or what I would call, like, the law of familiarity. Like, mm -hmm. oftentimes somebody will be like, dude, your, your little girl has gotten so big. Or what? Aiden is 14. And I'm like, yeah. But I don't even see it because I see them every day, right? And so I think if you see me just being alive, you're like, he's fine. Uh, uh, but, like, things... I've just been so... I felt so fragile lately. Um, a lot of things, man. Like, and this always, I always feel so bad even 
mentioning Dakota in a way that's like any other way other than not being super friendly. It's just like being, um, man, I don't want to fixate on this. It just, it's what it is. But I was, when he was my employer, I was like all about him. Like the way Princess Carolyn is as an agent. she It's like, girl, treat yourself. You know, go on vacation. She right. doesn't even go on vacation. And then she goes on vacation and she gets the idea like, I should be a manager. It's like, dude, stay on vacation, right? Like I, all I, th I mean, to an unhealthy degree, because I'd work with him, I'd come home and then I'd work. And... That whole thing was a grind, man. Yeah. And I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying that, like, I was there while he was going through his divorce in public. And, I mean, you just told me a couple of days ago you got some troll that hit you up on social media bugging you. And it's like you, you don't even have anything to do with this. Neither do I. But, like, about him. Yeah. And it's like... And, and and there's an argument to be said in that, like, that's the way it is. That's part of the game. And there's another that's like, man, fuck all this. I didn't sign up for this. Right? Uh, except I actually signed up for it. Literally signed up for it. But, and so, like, getting through that and the way that, the way I, you know, we went on our own, um, the way I went on my own way and he went on his own way is, like, was also, like, weird and, um all the travel going from like that. Like I told my mom working with Dakota was like a grind. And I was so like pot committed, even in the, like sometimes he travel and I wouldn't see him for like a couple of weeks, but I was still like, if I wasn't thinking about him, I was feeling guilty that I wasn't thinking about him. And that was it. And also being very unhealthy is one thing. I was drinking like three bangs a day and keeping up with him. And, uh, and then, so I, I get signed on with HOH and now I'm traveling. And so the first 10 days of November, I'm on the road and I like being on the road. Like I, it's, it, you develop like a road callus eventually. Like the first time I was on an airplane, I was like, woo. And now I'm that guy, I get the neck pillow and I'm like, see you. I wake up and I'm in a new time zone. And, uh, but that whole thing, that was like my time off is how it felt. Like I, I went away from the grind and I went to this, which was a whole, I stepped in, I sidestepped into another grind. Yeah. And then, so there's like this weird feeling where you're on the road, the adrenaline, you're, you're going through the motions, you come home, you decompress. And, uh, and like my highs are high and my lows are really low. And so it's like this big yo-yo thing and it's hard to be healthy with that. And then I met my sister not met but like well yeah i met her you know as an adult like i got to see her and her family which was awesome but it also brought up like it was also like this looking in the mirror reflection of like this is who i she saw me i don't even want to get emotional right now but she's <laughs> this is hard um <laughs> but she saw me for who i really am 
and uh oof and uh knives monroe was a pseudonym was an alias was a backyard wrestling name and i i i i my first film was a knives monroe film and then my my baby was a a knives monroe baby you know and my grandma was like change your name to knives monroe and i was like yes ma'am and it's like you know clark kent is not clark kent clark kent is the alias clark kent is a fucking alien from outer space and when i saw my sister i was like oh yeah i'm an alien i'm not clark kent i'm not knives monroe i'm this guy and uh seeing i saw her coping and i was like i'd be coping too and it was like a safe space to be like i can talk about these things um bojack horseman season six is coming out cool i gotta catch up with bojack watching it with this whole new perspective of kind of like i've grown since that show came out i mean i've matured in a lot of ways like um my career and i don't really talk about my career in public like i don't like i protect the 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 muppet like you all you see is the muppet you don't see the motherfucker you don't see this talk you don't see that i don't show that to you because i want to present i want you to think that wrestling is real i want you to believe in this and i don't talk about my career you know i've never given like a state of the union on my career and so when I watch BoJack, I'm like, dude, like the character I relate to the most is Diane because she's an artist, she's a writer, but she's also so fucked up. And it's like you, it's really easy for you to, to criticize other people, but you can't put that on yourself. I relate to that. You know, I don't relate to BoJack as much. I empathize for him, with him, but I relate to Diane a lot. And seeing all that was like, Oh, I can talk about these things. It's okay. Like, I can talk about these things. And so, like, it was a lot of stuff. And also, like, I'm on my own again for the first time in a long time, if not ever. I'm on my own where, in, in terms of my career again. Like, uh, with Dakota, it's like, what are we, I'd call him every day. What are we doing today? Text him every day. Like, I never had a plan that was more than a week out. And that's being generous. I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying that, but it's true. And uh, and now with my new job, like, I, I got a schedule, and it's cool. And, you know, there's – man, I love HOH. Like, I ain't just saying that just drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, I, I love it. Like, I love the structure. I love the humans that I work with. I love the, the mission. Um, And that's cool. And I love the – I mean, look, I got on the dash right here. Like, I love the mission. I have flip side – look, I, I love I, – I ate, slept, and breathed the mission – as well but you know but now there's like this autonomy where it's like i ain't being micromanaged like someone they're like you know bring your ideas to the table knives and it's cool and it's a different kind of freedom and and when i first got the dakota gig that was a different kind of freedom and i acclimated to that and it was like this big like um in the beginning like um validation and that was great and that buzz wore off because then it became about the work you know as it always does and so um all this just to say, like, when you really lay it all out there, it's a lot. 
And most people are in a routine. They got the eight to five. They come home, they they change into pajamas, and they got that's their life, and that's cool. Like I'm still, I'm on a scaffolding, man. Like I, it's hard to go all in on my health and go all in on my sanity and my mental health and go all in in my relationships. And my brother's having a baby, and that you know I lose sleep over that sometimes, and I do just because it's like I'm a very sensitive person. If you don't believe that, look at my daughter. Look at my sister. Like, we are sensitive people, man. You know, um, I think it's in our DNA. And so, like, it's a bunch of newness, man. It's like, uh, do you remember, like, say the first day of high school, like freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, senior year, whenever, the night before the first day of school? And you can't sleep. And you wake up at 6 a.m. and you're like, I didn't even sleep. Do you remember those days? Dude, I have those days all the fucking time. All the time. I'm just like, every it's everything's so new and so like in an exciting way, but also in a super stressful way. And I'm in, I, 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 I'm in my fucking feelings, man. And you know this, like I took a lot of coping mechanisms away. I haven't bit my nails in two months. And if you know me, I mean shit like i took a lo- away a lot of my coping mechanisms and it was, i felt like it was really rough for you at the beginning yeah you know, yeah but then i had fucking a whole box of pizza on christmas so you know yes of course of course sure also and i don't want to go into it but like travel between you and me hawaii but like travel be stressful sometimes man and so and here's the thing like i have empathy for you because you ain't there for a lot of that you got your own shit going on you're trying to build your own dreams and i respect that and uh, on my podcast i can be a little egocentric okay it's okay um so bear with me here but i'm also like a servant for my kids for you for my mother-in-law and for my family and for my job and i take those things so seriously and i'm I'm not reluctant to lose myself in those things, but then there is myself. And when you're stuck in a hotel room, there's only yourself. And uh, and I don't drink really, like I don't really like casually drink, maybe on a special occasion, I'll, I'll have a glass of something. But like I don't, people look forward to that and they have like a drink with their dinner. And like, I don't, smoke weed and like I don't so I I you know, you know like unwinding's hard and um I've been meditating a lot I could meditate more and I could meditate a lot more right for sure but and so all that's just like you know you're like what one thing and like there isn't one thing there's just been so many I remember going to what was it called super splash in the valley and there was this great attraction yeah or it was like in Edinburgh uh, there's there this great attraction where there was a big prop bucket that looked like it could fit 400 gallons of water and it would fill up and every 20 minutes or so it would fall and all. And so all the kids would wait for it to all fall on us. Right. And that's anxiety to me. Like before you know it, if you're not addressing your shit on the, on the regular, like it, it builds up and it, and it falls. I got to switch the battery. So now I'm going to get up. We're approaching the longest podcast that I've done. 
um, if you want to go for another hour, I can, but that's up to you. I mean, okay, I will, like the good host I am. But you, you, you worked on yourself for about three years, you said. Yeah. Right. All those things sound like a lot of self-care. Yeah. Let me let, let, let me say something. Not to start shit. But I'm in the kitchen making an omelet. And you're putting on makeup for the podcast. And all I say is... is Claire, it's a wide angle. And you're like, you, you, you got confrontational about it. And I was like, look, I wouldn't have said anything if I thought this was going to start shit. But, but you like basically passive aggressively accused me for being like controlling or something. Whoa, 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 is how I interpreted it. And, and so for me, I was like, Claire, if I was literally critiquing you or if I had a problem or if I was saying anything in a negative, I would have said, Something like, wait, that's what you're going to wear on the podcast? Put something. That's not going to work. But I'm not that person. Instead, I was like, just so you know, we, we, we're we chill on this. Like, we're, we're just chilling. I think this is a boy-girl thing. Of course. Yeah. I respect it, but I wasn't like being a control freak about it, and I didn't want you to flip out and be. I'm not like telling you not to wear makeup. But I, but I also wasn't like. But it wasn't that either. So Bill Burr has this whole bit and how like if you say one thing to piss off a woman, the the female has 19 things already locked and loaded that she's had in reserves ready to just be like, boom, boom, boom. And you like dropped eight grenades on me. And I was like, man, this was not worth what I said. I was just saying like it's a wide angle in case you're curious. If I'm going to cut to a close up on you, it's just a wide angle. And I'm bringing this up just just because we were talking about, you know, being in a relationship with somebody that's controlling. Like I and correct me if I'm wrong. I am. I don't think I'm. I've never been a controlling force in any relationship I've been in. I don't. But I didn't even say it in a way that was like uh smudging you in any sense 
it was just a way of like to relieve any sort of pressure that you felt. Because here's the thing in a conversation, which I happen to think we're having a good conversation, but you know, and trust me, I've done a lot of these, like the more pressure there is on something, it's going to be a friction on a conversation. And so I want to remove all, um, any sort of tensions or frictions or pressures and like any sort of things that, that, that are getting in the way of a good conversation. And at the end of the day, a podcast is a sonic medium. So I was just like, just friendly reminder, you know, you're in good hands here. Like it was more like that sentiment, but girl, you flipped out. Which oh, okay yeah yeah. I had to age you down. I had to Irishman you. Yeah, that's why I was like, you should wear this. <laughs> course also to not to be corny but like I, i'm like girl you look great exactly exactly and what a douchebag i would really be if i if i made it about me though if if i was like no i think I think, I think like this calls for some eyeshadow. Where's that lip? Like, you know, if I, but I'm not, I'm so not that. I'm so not, I'm not trying to dress you up like a doll here for my show. Like, this is not like that. You know, that's, that's all. If you wanted to be in pajamas, I wouldn't have called attention to that. Hell yeah. I'm just going to replay that clip over and over again. I, so right now? Oh, of course, I, I've, in, 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 you know, I have like, usually my thoughts when you're married, right? Like your thoughts go through this like gatekeeper okay. and they're just like, nope, knives don't even just put that in the recycle bin. This one went through my gatekeeper and I just overrode it uh, and it was like, just put it out and I regretted it. So I learned something today. Um, but you were talking about self-care. Self yes. And I haven't developed those tools, to be honest. Like, I'm still young, relatively. I have time. But it sounds like you made sure to make time. And I think it's because you matured way earlier than me and faster because you had a kid at a very young age. So you're forced to kind of be like, get your shit together. And so when I met you, I hadn't had my shit together, though. And I got my shit together a bit, and um, I, mean, I, think you're doing well. I, I I am, and, and I don't know how to, I gotta tell you, I had this thought at the movies, I'm gonna get shit for this. Out of everything I've said, this is the thing that I have this coming. I had the thought at the movies, um, so like you can pick this up like that if you need to. Okay, I had this thought, um, and I forgot what Trigger did. Yeah, I forgot. I had it in the bathroom. <laughs> I was taking a piss. And uh, I had the thought, like, I don't You know, like, I'm going to order whatever I want. Like, I'm fucking rich. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care what it costs. 
I don't order. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get whatever I want, like because, I, right? Of course. And um, hey, that shit adds up. <laughs> uh, but but here's the thing, like um, I've been in the, I've been so broke and so poor where I'm like, I can't go on a date. I can't even go. I can't afford to take this girl out on a date. You know, and and like you know, talk, toxic masculinity. There's this pressure where. I mean, you're paying. A man is paying. It's implied in this country. You don't take a girl out unless the guy's got enough money to cover it. And if she wants to pay half, that's nice. But she's got to push real hard. If she's actually going to pay half, the guy's going to pay. Let's be real. And so I've had that anxiety of like, I I can't. I don't have money. Dude. I don't even look at the prices at the draft house. I'm like, I want that, and I want that, and I want that. Now I don't. Not because I'm filthy rich, and don't shame me. It's just like... Um, I don't know. I don't know about that, but um, I, let's just say when we moved to Austin, we definitely couldn't. No. And um, let's just leave it at that, but... And I say that just because, like, that's cool. And so, like, you know, but, but I also had, you know, me super self-aware, hyper self-aware. I also was just like, Knives, you douchebag. Shut the fuck up. Like, but also, like, eh, good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. I'll still pick up a quarter if I see it on the street, all right? I'm still going to pick up a quarter. Um, but I had that thought of, like, dude, you're doing okay. I get by. I'm making a living. That's what you're supposed to say. Um, and I grew up with a single mom. And so our parents, I mean, our kids are spoiled as shit. There's brats. They're not shitty about it. They're a little entitled. And that's my fault. I can't leave and come back without Fiona being like, what do you got for me? That's my fault. You know, um, 100% and Aiden too. Um, and that's cool. And so I look at that as like a success. I look at that as like, my kids are good. They're good. They had the dopest Christmas where literally everybody was like, these kids got too much shit. I know. And, uh, and so like, that's cool. That makes me feel like, um, that makes me feel like, I'm doing something right, um, and that's good. Uh, at the same time, like I also want to like myself and feel good about myself, and I deserve to, and I want to, because, like you said, would I date me? Um, I. I think there's potential, but I also don't believe in potential. Like, I think you are or you aren't. Okay. And uh, I like me. Like, I, I like I like the idea of me, but I, I really actually want to like me. <laughs> like, I want to wake up and, and, and be stoked. And not have to think that, like, I, I've gotten to the point where I wake up and I have to think about that. I, and also, like, Wouldn't that be nice?
really like control it until this year, which is very sad in a way because it took me like 10 years to figure it out. Um, you figured it out though. I figured it out. I wake up and I only have to think about my faith. I don't have to go through the process of like justifying why I look this way and trying to get over like get over those sad feelings and then um, kind of convince myself that it's all good and it's fine. It's a lot of convincing that I have to do when I wake up in the morning and I don't I don't have to look at my face like that anymore. It's one like and it's a really big. With people with rosacea at age 68, it's hard. It's super, super hard to look in the mirror and to not think about it. Like, I would always think about it when I would step outside in the heat and the cold. No matter where I went, I was thinking about my face. Like, what are they, what are they thinking? And it really brings down your self-esteem. So, I had to develop that. And also, like, I developed self-esteem before it went away. Mm. It's, like, difficult to do. But then once mm. it started clearing up, you know, it was just way easier to wake up. Like, I can wake up and not, like, think, oh, my God, my face, right? And if you see me, you know, in the past, you've seen how bad it is. And so, it's hard. Yeah. I don't, I'm very, very happy that I don't have to do that anymore. That is good. See, and, and like, uh, not to compare and contrast, but, like, that, you know, I I I, I knew what a hard time all that was for you um, these years that I've known you and been with you, and it's it sucked. And, and I also felt like I can't do anything about it. Right. And, and all the... And all the charm and all the um, admiration and how I felt about you and feel about you like um didn't amount to a hill of beans like it, it was like i can't do anything um except uh love you and so i'm stoked for you that you feel that you got that you reclaimed that sense of um normalcy or like you know now you can all the stuff that we take for granted you know like i don't feel like this added weight yeah. of like pressure and anxiety, I'm sure, comes from that, you know, and um, of course, and and so, yeah, from afar, it was difficult to absolve you of that. I couldn't. I didn't have the jurisdiction. It's not on me. It's hard. But I, I, I have noticed that you are, you feel better. I wanted to do it my way, and I just had to be, what's the other word, but not obsessed, but I had to determined. be very, very determined at whatever cost. It, it yeah. had to be like that level of whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, well, if it has this, if it's more natural. Could I just say that? Whatever it takes. If, if you, if your skincare routine, um, costs upwards to like a thousand dollars a month i wouldn't even know i know but if it did i wouldn't even, oh, I wouldn't even know and i and i would be cool with it if it did and i would support that of course 
body in general. Like, I'm not even, yeah. I have to think, like, I'm not even taking care of myself. Yeah. Like, I just, I feel like that. Yeah. I know Are you still on medication? That's how good you feel right yeah, now. Right. I know it, it always comes comes down to that um this isn't healthy and I only f I do feel this way but I don't want to always feel this way like that 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 feeling of like no one else is going to care for me I have to care for myself um I I feel like that sometimes. And, and when you feel that way, it, you're like, you're, you're looking at a crisis and you're like, I got to do something about this. And you take action. Yeah. I feel like, ah, hopefully I die and I don't have to. That's the opposite direction, I know, I know, I know. But that's like my, no matter what I flip the coin, it's going to land on that. It always lands on that. And I, and yeah. The night is darkest before the dawn. All this fucking, all, all these David Goggins isms. Like there, there's, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. I create the graphics for these uh, motivational things. Like I, I, I know all the best ones. Like I've written them all down. I've, I've read all the self help books and all that. Like I know, and then, um, and then you have to actually just do it. Like the implementation is the truly the difficult part but you also have to find the path to least resistance like i spent a decade studying other people's paths but that doesn't mean that they that you can do them all you can walk them all and they all are applicable to you you have to walk your path like you said you, you got to a, this resolve where i'm going to do whatever it takes um but you have to do it on your terms Yeah. A lot of That's what it is. Every day. I know. I know. That is hard. I don't have enough days to counterbalance the bad days. I don't have enough, like, I'm trying really, really hard to be better, to be better, to be better, to be I'm trying still to, so, so, and, and 
to where it gets blurred and I've recorded over the tape so many times I forgot what the old thing was and now this is what it is like I've done that and then I and then it I took for granted like I thought I did that and I didn't have to do it again but I, but I'm here to remind you that you can relapse and then start from scratch again and that's really shitty and like I'm at there where I'm like oh I thought I was done I thought I did that nope it has to be every day forever Yeah. Um, yes, I'm saying that because can I wake up tomorrow and do it? I I really want to. I really want to right now. I really want to. I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. I don't know. I'm going to try it. It's really hard. Uh, I'll say this, um, and we should wrap up here because my, my Zoom recorder is like on one bar and that could mean an hour. It could mean five minutes. Um, and I have, damn, these things. Because like usually I plug that into a computer. Anyways, um, on an f- upcoming episode of this podcast, I have this mission statement written out and I want to talk about uh, almost like a reprogramming of this podcast. And uh, I'm going to respect what it's done in 2018, but I also want to take it in a new direction. And um, um, p- part of that is, uh, you know, this right here is part of my self-care. Like being able, like I did a podcast yesterday. I did a podcast today. I did one on Christmas Eve. That makes me feel better. Like it, it makes me feel good to to do stuff, to make stuff. It's like you see knives, like you did something today. And I want to do more of that. Like it, it you know, we fetishize like one podcast, but the truth is like, it's about consistency. Everything is about consistency. Everything like your diet, your, your fitness, your relationships. Like you can't say I took Claire out on one date. We're good. It, it's 24 7 365 always forever and it's the same thing with this i want to i want to bring that to this podcast like this right here makes me feel productive like we're doing something and it's selfish and so i'm scratching an itch and so it's also visual audio like it's creative and um this makes me feel good like it, it does and if i in order to sustain that my entire routine, like you have to have a discipline, has to, um, it all feeds off itself. Like, you, you know, you have to eat well and be well and think well and all that to, to make great art. And I want to be better at this. And um, I had a conversation with my friend Luis Cantu, who's been on the Outer Heaven podcast, which I made, which is now this and I want to have him on again, but I told him I may never be the best filmmaker of my generation or of all time, but I think I could be one of the best um, podcasters. I really do. And I know that's audacious, but I can say it and mean it. That's got to mean something. I can say it and feel it. That's got to mean something because I trust this instinct. I can't look at you in the face and say, I'm the best videographer. I can't say that. It no but podcasters i think i could be an all-timer and i think i could be at the table i'll say that and i mean that you know and so i want to give 
everybody more of that. And um, it's just a pocket that makes me feel good. And I haven't felt that way in so long, so long. And when I get into this zone, uh, I get committed. And all my resources and thoughts and feelings go into that. And I get into that pocket that you got into when it when it came to your rosacea about relentlessness and and I'm gonna do this by any means necessary, uh, whatever it takes, you know. And and that's a great place to be. Like you get shit done when you're in that zone. Mm-hmm. And I'm in that zone right now in podcasting. And so we're here. We are going into 2020. You and I, I think, made three podcasts together on this show this year. Uh, whether if the first one we did was in 2018, it could have been, but either way, like I, I averaged out at like maybe 1.5 podcasts a month. I want to do more this year. So if, I'll be very surprised if anybody made it this far. Cause this is, this is the longest podcast I've done on this show. It's, it's going to be about a two and a half hour one. You'd be surprised. And so if you made it this far, Text me, email me, tweet me, DM me, whatever it takes, and let me know because that proves that I am an all-timer because this is retention right here. I'll tell you that right now if somebody made it this far. So if you if you did, mom, uh, whoever you are, like let me know, and I'll tell Claire they made it this fucking far towards the end. But um, I don't do interviews. These are chats, yeah. conversations. But I'm going to ask you an interview type question. We'll end it with this. Okay. 2020, what does it look like? What do you want to do? What are you looking forward to? What do you want to learn? How do you want to grow? How do you want to give back? What are some goals? All those things. Um, I guess not to get too personal, but... I mean, we've been pretty <laughs> fucking personal. Yes, you have. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it's both of us, right? Sure. Uh, um, so there's that. Um, I also obviously want to make more money. Yeah. So I have my financial goals, pay off things, make more money. Um, I want to move up at work. I think it's possible. It is. This isn't a proposal, but do you want to get married next year? You did. Yes. Yeah, with who? With you. Oh, shit. <laughs> you did say that. I have some way more weight to lose. This is hard. It's hard to lose weight. And I want to try keto again. That's another thing I want to do. Uh-huh. I did it successfully for a month and a half. Then my birthday came, and I did it at half a cake. 
And he spiraled out nine months ago. I get that. Yeah. We got to go out of our comfort zone and out of, uh, and, and out of, like why? Well, I mean, here's an example, it's like, like, me, like adventures and, I know hiking. And oh God, so like funny. this past, we went on vacation in May and we went to the, uh, the South Padre Island yeah. and it's like, that's not outside our comfort zone. It's so like say we go on vacation we should go someplace dope where we both haven't been and try a new thing and if it's not cool at least we have a good story about it yeah yeah and i'll make you comfortable Of course you do. You're a woman. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Like Pearl the landlord. I want my money. Yes. But you could have more. Well, I think we can do it. Um, hmm. Why well, it was? I didn't ask you, so you could ask me. I wanted to genuinely know what you want because I want to help as as your partner facilitate those things, realize them um, genuinely because um, I like it when you're happy. Um, whew, what do I want? Twenty twenty. Um, I really want to strengthen my relationships with people that's not something i would have said a week ago but truly i don't know what <laughs> well like i i no 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 and and like i asked you like that was your opportunity to be selfish like it's totally fine um but to me this is kind of selfish like i want to strengthen not not so i could be mother Teresa, but i i quite frankly like we live in a world where everything's like monetize this, brand awareness that, um, commercialism, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. Look, I, I, I've peeked behind the curtain. No one knows what the fuck they're doing. I've shook hands with billionaires like people. People matter. Not in a cliche, um, you know, after school special way. But the truth is like, you know, when Gary Vee says that he wants a lot of people to come to his funeral, I, I get that. Like, I uh, there's a lot of truth to that. I fuck with that. Like, not that I want a lot of people to come to my funeral, but, like, people are what matter. It's people are far more uh, potent and special and incredible than money. Like, really. Um, 
Louis C.K. has this bit post controversy in his leaked set about like when you when when the news hit and he got canceled he's like you find out who your real friends are and he's like it sucks you realize oh these are my real friends that's the joke right and it's like but the truth is when shit hits the fan like you find out who your real friends are and that to me is like if you're going to prepare for the apocalypse yeah get a bunker and get some shotguns and get some invest in whatever but like also the people that you're going to be around that have your back during the apocalypse people don't um, talk about that enough. And so I want to strengthen my relationships with people. I don't want to be that flake to call back to go full circle about like that, that knives on the date who ghosts. And I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't like that guy. Um, fuck that guy, you know? And there's a little bit of that person in, in all of us, but there's, there's a lot of that person in me. And, I want to be that guy that like, this sounds so corny, but like I'm in like in different group texts with, you know, like I, 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 and I say that because like I put a lot on you and I put a lot on Dave. Like Dave has other friends. I don't, you know? Um, and people will be like knives. I'm your friend. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, um, Dave and I just go way back is all I mean. And uh, this guy, I just put a lot on him and he knows what I'm talking about. And he doesn't listen to these, but like I put a lot, I put a lot on him. Like I strain our friendship, I feel. Maybe not so much anymore, but um, so I want to strengthen my friendships and relationships with people, with humans, because I think that's more valuable than monetizing and fuck all that, you know. Um, if 100 dope ass people listen to this podcast and that's all that, that's all it, it that it maxed out after that i'm good i can i would continue to make it like a hundred dope people is not nothing to sleep on like that's amazing so there's that um and um i want to feel good and be one of those runner guys um because like you see like these 70 year old people that are running in Austin and, and they're like, there's something to that. Like that, that, that they're going to outlive us all, you know? And so for my health and for my mental health, like I, I do want to feel better about myself. And like the truth is all the money and the, the debt consolidation and, and the upwards career stuff comes when you are really good with people and you're really healthy and you value health you you radiate that energy to attract those opportunities um so like all those things come from that right um i feel like i i asked you what was what would be like your favorite mutant power that you'd want and you're like telekinesis and i was like i would want the power of all the powers <laughs> sorry for being that douchebag but um but yeah i do feel like you know when they say it's not about what you know it's who you know that's true um, but you also have to, it's, you know, it's also, you also have to be cool, you know, like you also have to be a good person and know these people and they'll have your back. It doesn't matter if you know them, they have to have your back. Right. And, and I want to be a person that's worthy of that. And, and in a way, a lot of it's going back to the drawing board for me. And it's funny because people are surprised that I'm such a fucking wreck. But honestly, like people just hide that on the internet. Uh -huh. It's not a new thing. Right. 
Like if you've known me and you've fucked with me, like you know that Knives is crazy. Um, but on the internet, we're supposed to hide that. Mm-hmm. Not, not, in, not, not on this show. Not everybody does. I mean, we, no, but not also not everybody's Cardi B that can talk about scratching her asshole with her nails. Not everybody's that confident or that whatever. So th- 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 those are those are my goals, uh, and I'm gonna try my best to to get there. I have to, otherwise, it's death. It's death. It's and and I, and I don't mean that I, I'm gonna be 32. That's right. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. You got some pressure. Well, well, let me put some positive pressure on you. Like, I remember when you turned thirty. Yeah. Check. Uh-huh. Oh God, I've got like seven pieces of furniture that I don't need. Yeah. I wanted a master's degree and then I wanted like to run a 5k. 5k and that went out the Fuck things up. Not fuck things up, but you know, I was pregnant when I was thirty. Was I? I think I was. No. no we had just had Fiona, yeah. But well, I was I was thirty and I couldn't finish like I was behind like behind on my own schedule of like, right. finishing my masters. Yeah, sorry. And then I yeah, you hear that, Fiona? Do you hear that? <laughs> Your mom's holding this against you. Uh, I'm no, just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know, I know. It, now you want different things and more things, but but sure. But also, you you kind of you achieved all you achieved a lot in the past five years. Yeah, you also make more now than what your career that you were trying to get your masters for would have afforded you. And I think if Claire, twenty six year old Claire. If you were to pitch that to her, she'd be like, "All right." No, yeah, yeah. I really, I, I really wanted to be a professor. I really loved the college, like the, the university life. Yeah. And but now you you work. I work with universities yeah. in a different way. Yes. And so, well, what I was gonna say is, from thirty to thirty-five, it went by pretty fast. Yes, it is. So best believe, thirty-five to forty, gonna come at you. Yeah. Well, I hope you'll have me around, and I would love to help you. Not just moving furniture. <laughs> I want to be there as your husband yeah. and lover. We'll I'm gonna marry your ass. Okay. Okay, good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say. Um, Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we're 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 gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Yeah, it's cause like I'm a very deadline. I take deadlines seriously. I'm a very goal oriented person, and I put a deadline on my thing. If I were to put it on my, if I were to put the deadline on it right now, I would have to be committed to that for real. And so before I'm like September, it's like let me think about this off mic. I was like, J June is stacked, mom. Like, stop it. Yeah, let's do it in November instead. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, we'll we'll find it and uh, we'll do it. And um, it no matter what, I promise you this. I'll say this because you need some sort of commitment on wax, and I'll I'll give you this. Uh, um, it's gonna be about. I'm going to make it about us, but about you, but about us. Like, I don't give a fuck about other people. Okay. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care about napkins and shit. Like, it's really about, it's really like one day about us, man. Like, one day about our love. We're, we deserve that. And you deserve one day about you looking hot in a white dress. Can you talk into your mic? Just kidding. Um, I know you're tired. I know you. What time is it? Good for you. Yeah. Um, I love you so much and thank you for doing this with me. Was this okay? How do you feel about this? How did I do? Okay. Sorry. I thought like the most poignant thing that I said that people should take away from this is Adam Driver is a weirdly hot dude and his female weird hot energy is, is, but he's not like GI Joe, Matt Damon looking cookie cutter fucking Aryan brotherhood. Yeah, of course, of course. Sorry, that it's because I, I was thinking about like Dustin Hoffman, and I was like, D he reminds me of Dustin Hoffman, uh, like graduate Dustin Hoffman of like, of like, um, so talented, like one of the best of his generation. <laughs> Here we are talking about it, um, but but also like you wouldn't say he was hot, like sex pot, like fucking Jason Momoa, like take me, you know, like kind of that kind of thing adam driver's like in a different wavelength but i see people like online that that are like oh my gosh they have such a crush on him and i get that but it has something to do with him being a movie star you know like if adam driver if but if adam driver was your plumber you you would you would pretty much he's tall he's got to be like six one or something i understand but if he's your plumber he he comes and goes but if jason momoa is your barista you're not gonna be able to shake that guy right so it's just like the movie there's something like 
there's some people, movie stars, that no matter what they did, they are always going to be stunning. They're going to be stunning. But, but Adam Driver is like, he has a movie star aura that like el- amplifies his already hasnessness. And I feel like old Meryl Streep, which is young Meryl Streep, had that too. Um, you know, like The Office, the show had this thing is like, is Hillary Swank hot? Yeah, they had that. I forgot who they compared her to. But like, is Hillary Swank hot? Yeah. And I was just like, that's an interesting observation. And also, I, I would throw like Jodie Foster in there. I like Jodie Foster. Is she hot? Not not everybody, not every movie star like has to be. Kathy Bates is hot. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this podcast. I love you. We'll do another one. Thanks for putting up with my bullshit.